Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. of reason and the dean of richmond radio here's big al on 1061 espn how about them snakes how about them snakes of arizona those diamond those desert diamonds yeah i like them why not why not they came back and they won in philadelphia a pair of games uh, much like the Rangers, the Ram- well, not much like, but exactly like the Rangers, they went to Philadelphia down in games. Uh, they were down three games to two, as you know, and they won the two yesterday, four to two last night, and uh, <laughs> night before last, five to one. Uh, <laughs> that's a remarkable. It's been 22 years. They won it back in 01. Of course, that was a, a delayed World Series in 01, 22 years ago, because of the attack on America and uh, New York, Washington, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the attacks there, and everything was pushed back. Uh, it was upwards to a week, if not a full week. But they had Schilling, and they had Randy Johnson, and they beat the New York Yankees in that World Series back in 01. So there you have it. They are back in the World Series. And... Uh, the first two games will be at Texas. That will be uh, Friday and Saturday. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Arizona. And, of course, uh, Friday the 3rd and Saturday the 4th, they will be in uh, in Texas if necessary. 4-2, to two, they shut them down. Uh, it's fun to watch to see the underdog. And I, both of them were underdogs uh, to a degree when you, you go back and you look at the, the regular season. Uh, but to win in Philadelphia, it got a little ugly there. In, well, imagine that in Philadelphia uh, with the uh, Diamondbacks winning there. Um, it's uh, These are both two teams. You look at it, the Phillies were 90 and 72. The Rangers were 90 and 72. The Astros were 90 and 72. They weren't the teams with the best records in baseball. The Braves won 104. The Dodgers won 100. Uh, Baltimore won 101. Uh, Tampa won 99 games, I think it was. They won 99. The Tampa Bay Rays did. So you had teams with better records. But it's all about, you know, it's, it's timing. You know, it's, it's the old saying about it's not who you play, uh, it's when you play them. And that can make a big difference. I mean, the Phillies won their 90 games, and the Arizona Diamondbacks, they only won 84. And they finished 16 behind the Dodgers, much like the Phillies finished 14 behind the Braves. And yet, these are the two that were in it. 
and then the you know, in the NLCS. The Rangers and the Astros, as I mentioned a moment ago, both 90 and 72. Uh, we are tied for the division lead. Tiebreaker goes to Houston. I guess Houston kind of wishes it went the other way now because they were 0-3 at home and four and uh, what, uh, three three on the road they won, and then they went 0-4 at home. So if they go the other way, maybe they would have won the. Uh, but it's pure fun and speculation on that. That necessarily wouldn't have happened. Anyway, the bottom line is, you don't have to be the best team. You just got to be the best team at the time when it comes down to playing uh, baseball for the long season of 162 games. Then you've got your division rounds, your wild card, your division, and your NL ALCS. Uh, like, for example, Zona beat the Brewers, the Dodgers, uh, and the Phillies. So you take a gander at that, and, and you know who did, who did Zona beat? Well, the Brewers won 92. Remember, Zona 184. The Dodgers (laughs) won 100, and then the Phillies, of course, the 90. So there you have it. Your World Series is set. The World Series. I don't think this is one the networks wanted. I would think that the networks very much wanted the uh, Phillies to win. It's a team with a following, have a following throughout the country. I would think. I mean, they're not America's team by any stretch, but uh, they do have. You know, Philadelphia is a huge, what top five market, I believe. So you get that. Well, they've lost that now. They have Phoenix and they have well Dallas area, Arlington, Texas. Uh, so you've got Phoenix and Dallas. But where else is that going to draw? The networks are probably gagging right now. Because they're thinking, well, we're not going to get it. this thing going to do it for us. But uh, hey, this is baseball. You, networks, you, you, you dictate so much anyway when it comes to sports. Who plays when and where, and uh, how many times a team gets on Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night football. Uh, so when you, you dictate, well, hey, listen, it all comes up roses for you, generally speaking, not always. Some of the night games are dogs. Um, but but hey, when you get when you you get some lemons, or some perceived lemons. These are both very good baseball teams that got high at the right time. Uh, you're not going to draw the, the interest that you would if it was say, as I mentioned yesterday, Atlanta, Baltimore, Dodgers. Uh, you know, Baltimore would have been fun there. Houston, any combination there of Houston and Philly in a repeat, a rematch from last year, anything like that would have been of more interest uh, nationally than what we have. But that's okay. I like it. It's something different. We'll have a new champion, Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN. We thank you for tuning in. Robert the Bruce, other side of the glass. Give a call at 327-0888. We have three guests lined up. Johnny Abert for a few minutes to talk about the uh, projected standings of the A-10. He'll be on at A-20 with us at uh, 8.45. John Freeman, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. And uh, what a game it was down in Chapel Hill for the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, they've been, uh, to some degree, the talk of college football as a 1-5 team, the only win having been over a FBS team. A good one, but an FBS team. And uh, go into Chapel Hill and knock off number 10 North Carolina. First time in the history of Virginia football that they'd ever gone on the road and won a top beat, excuse me, beat one against uh, a top 10 team. So they have, uh, they've been a lot of, fair amount of buzz about the Cavaliers. And John Freeman had the call of the game at the very end. So anyway, Bruce, how are you doing this morning? 
What was that? Sorry, Robert the Bruce, phone. how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great this Good. morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, too. It's it's Wednesday, hump day, as the old saying goes. And uh, it's uh, it's a lot of sports to talk about with some guests. Richie, good morning. Before we get to a pause, what do you have, Richie? Well, um, let's just say I'm man enough to call back and admit when I'm wrong. Um, I called about a week and a half ago. told you I said I thought I knew where this was going and that I thought the Phillies were going to win it all. I'm man enough to call back and admit when I'm wrong. Not that I'm that upset about it, because I kind of did enjoy watching watching them and their fans walk off dejected last night. But but still, um, who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is the off season where they realize they had their last chance at it and they got to break the team up. I don't think they they need to do that. They they were in the World Series last year. They're leading this three to two. Uh, much like Houston was when they went home. And sports being what sports is, things can go sideways for you at the wrong time. Yeah. And that's what happened. Well, in this situa- and that's what happened in this situation is that it went sideways for Houston and went sideways for Philadelphia because the other team played better at crunch time the last two games. They had to win them. They played loose, and they won, both of them, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. So instead of a Philadelphia-Houston uh, rematch, we've got the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. Go ahead. I mean, not necessarily from that standpoint. I'm just saying maybe the contracts get too big. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a Harper makes a lot of money. I don't, you know, I don't know about the rest of the team. I don't know what they make. I mean, you can go online and find salaries of every team and every player if you like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, let's just. I mean, yeah, like I said, I can admit when I'm wrong about it, but I'm not really that upset about it. <laughs> Oh, good. I'm glad you're not. Yeah, I mean, we all get things wrong. I mean, I get things wrong, uh, if not every day, you know, often enough that uh, people will call to correct me, and that's fine. I don't mind being corrected. If I got, I'd rather somebody say, hey, this is what it is, so the information goes out correctly if I miss something. And on occasion, I will miss something. I will get something wrong. And so uh, it doesn't bother me in the least. I don't want to be wrong, but when somebody can correct something I've misspoken about, hey, all the better, because then everybody has the right information and not something that I misspoke about so nothing wrong with being wrong air hoss yeah no, not at all um i'm just praying now i'm just praying my panthers can figure out how to win a game because i'm looking at their schedule and i don't even see a win on it anywhere uh, you better hurry up and get to church light some candles and stay on your knees and do some praying hoss thanks for the call richie appreciate it thank you very much and uh way to man up all right we'll take a well let's we'll, we got a couple more minutes here um the trade deadline's coming up for the NFL, and there'll be some uh, some activity, very light. It's not like baseball. You know, one of the big days in in the summer is July 31st, and thereabouts. It's usually been the 31st of July when you have your trade date. And activity does occur. Exhibit A, Scherzer to the Rangers, Verlander to the, back to the Astros. I mean, you get some big deals done in baseball. Uh, some other leagues do some things, but not to the extent that baseball does. They leave the parade when it comes to uh, dead trade deadlines. Now you can go into late August also to trade, but you got to clear waivers in baseball to do that. So that's how that works. And uh, so football, uh, you know, you can scan around CBS Sports, ESPN's uh, website, and all that, and uh, you can find some recommendations and uh, you know for different teams to do things. And I know that uh, that uh, Ron Rivera said we're not going to do anything, but hey, wait a minute, <laughs> new owner in town. They might say, let's get rid of 
Chase Young, and we get some draft picks or something for him. And uh, we need to build this team, like by getting offensive linemen or something. You know, who knows what goes on behind closed doors in Ashburn, Virginia? I don't think many of us do. So anyway, uh, World Series playoff results. Uh, you can go back and look at uh, from the very beginning, starting. It was October the second, second. I think it was, it was uh, second or third when the playoffs began, and you can chart every game that's been played since then and how these things go. You know, it, it's really it's just kind of fun to watch uh, that Philadelphia won the first two games by a combined fifteen to three. Arizona won the next two, two to one and six to five. A pair of one run games. Philadelphia won game five in Arizona, 6-1 to one going home. And it looked like, well, Philadelphia would probably be playing Houston. or they would be playing Houston or Texas at that point. It was still up in the air. Uh, so, But Arizona said, eh, not so quick. 5-1 to one and 4-2 to two in Philadelphia. And they were booing. Were they not, Hoss? Booing. They were definitely booing. Philadelphia. They can do some booing. They're, they're, one thing they're major league in is booing and abusing the players, that type of thing. So that's how it played out. And the World Series begins Friday night, 8.03, down in Texas. All right, we will take that pause. It's 8.13. Johnny Avery will join us. As I mentioned, about 8.20. We'll get him on talk a little bit about that, and then we'll move on to John Freeman. All right. Alan, go right ahead. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, hey. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just calling uh, to talk about what the last guy said. I mean, the Phillies can't break the team up. If only had a two-year window. Um, it's just, it's like you said, it's just sports, man. The Diamondbacks were young, and they were actually a pretty good team. I think people just forgot about them because they fell off a little bit after mm-hmm. the All-Star break. But they've always had the talent uh, from, from the opening pitch. Yes, they do. They have a good coach, and I think that they're they're a cohesive unit, to use a term uh, that people use very often. I mean, you go back a couple months, uh, middle of August, for example, they were 59 and 60. So they ended up going 84 and 78. They turned it around. Uh, That's a, a 25 to 18 run to make it into the wild card by one game. You know, just one game. They barely made it in, and they got in, and they made the most of it. Yeah, and, uh, and and I know a lot of people probably don't want to watch it because it's not a big name, but um, I think I think stuff like this is good for the sport. Like, the Nuggets winning the, the championship last year for the NBA is, is pretty good for the NBA. It opens up a new avenue of uh, drama coming into the next season. It's no longer like Lakers or Celtics. You got these <laughs> other teams now in the mix. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it because I think it'll be fun to watch Arizona and the Rangers and see how they play out. You know, because yeah. there are two different teams, and they uh, weren't uh, the top teams win-wise in baseball. Ninety and eighty-four uh, were the totals mm-hmm. for Texas and Arizona. So, you know, it's good to get a little. I mean, I mean, the Mets won. Uh, well, they went to the World Series one year at eighty-two and se- and, uh, and seventy-nine. Uh, they didn't play one other final game, but I mean, that's what that's what happens sometimes. I mean, I can't remember if it was the year they won or maybe the year they lost, uh, but they made it to the World Series at 82-79, and 79, if I'm not mistaken, or at least the playoffs. i, I got to look back at that. Um, but, you know, St. Louis, uh, when they beat the, the Tigers, didn't have a very good – they won 83, I think, that year in 2012. No, San Francisco won it then. 
anyway, uh, you know, you don't have to be the best team. You just got to be the best team at the time. Hey, Alan, we do need to get to a pause. Thank you for the call. Appreciate your thoughts. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Hoss. All right. It's 816 well, now. i got Ava coming up for a few minutes in just a few minutes, and we'll talk a little bit about the A-10, and then we'll move on to John Freeman, the voice of the Cavaliers, and John Marcon at 9 o'clock in studio. Stay with us. Season long. Now it's time for the race to the fall classic. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive home for the MLB postseason in Richmond. Johnny boy, good morning. How are you, Hoss? Good morning, Mr. Coleman. Good morning, Mr. Averitsky. How are you? I'm doing outstandingly. Is that such a word? I don't think so. <laughs> You're asking me? <laughs> think about it. Uh, John, of course, John Averitt is, uh, is with us. John has been doing basketball with me, I don't know, how many years? 20. I don't know. About 26, 27. Uh, maybe more than that, John. I remember we were in Louisville. It could be. We were in it Louisville coming up on 31 years. It was March of oh 1993 no, when the big storm hit the East Coast in the Midwest. And, uh, yeah, we had a hard time getting back from Louisville to Richmond, but we got it done. And with your lovely wife, Miss Pat. And uh, yep. so that was in, that was in the... Go ahead. We got a rental car, drove to Cincinnati, got on another plane, and came home. Yes, indeed. And uh, we, we got on the scheduled flight because our flight to Cincinnati had been canceled, which was probably a good thing with the weather. Yep. Anyway, uh, that was the, that was March of 93, John. So I was well, it's coming been up 30 on 30 years then. 31 coming up. That's crazy. It crazy, is. Crazy, crazy. So I, I think we started maybe the next year or so. I mean, it's been, yeah. it's got to be at least 29. So anyway, uh, and you'll be back in studio here next week, a week from today, you and Habo. And yep. uh, November the 1st, uh, and with the games following that Monday, November the 6th, which everybody will be involved in. Yeah, everybody's playing it just about that day. So. They all open up. Uh, what I wanted to just have you on for a few minutes to ask you about is the uh, is the A10 preseason basketball poll released last Tuesday. Uh, the Dayton Flyers are picked to win the A10 in their preseason poll. They received 21st place votes in a total of 370. The VCU Rams with Coach Odom. And a cast of new characters, so to speak. Uh, three first place votes, 321 total, or, or yeah, votes for first. 321 total votes, John. And St. Bonnie's uh, got one, and they're third of the third seed, 319, neck and neck, St. Bonnie and VCU. And even Fordham, down to number seven, uh, received a vote for first. That must have been a local scribe up in the metro area, who threw that in there. So that's how it broke down. You had a total of, what, 25 voters, and 80% went to Dayton, and then three votes for VCU, one for the Bonnies, and one for Fordham. 
Now, you know, these preseason things can can be skewed. They can be, you know, by the time the end of the season, they've been taken behind the barn and horse whipped. Uh, Not that I'm an advocate of whipping horses. I think that's a bad thing, personally. Uh, But the bottom line is they can, you know, it it looks this way on paper, but by early March, it's topsy-turvy. How many times have we seen that? A lot. Yeah, but what's worse now, in the past, we could you could pretty much predict. Wouldn't be you wouldn't be off too much now with the transfer portal. You uh, other than Dayton, they're they're kind of set. But the rest of these teams, it's going to depend uh, on transfer portal. Who was able to? And this is a terrible statement, but it's true. Who was able to buy who? And uh, I, there were really no big surprises. Um, VCU is going to be very good, although they have lost their best two players uh, are Barstow and the kid, the, the other guard from uh, uh, Utah State. They're there. What I've been told, people who've seen them practice, they're their best two players. And Barstow being broke his foot, going to be out for about eight mm. weeks. Yeah, I saw but, that. Yeah, on a positive side, and uh, VCU, it, it, a good thing and a bad thing, their non conference schedule. All their games, except for one neutral court doubleheader, are in the Siegel Center. They don't go on the road to somebody's court until January. So that's going to mean a lot of wins. Now, the bad part about that, that won't help them in March when that comes. That will that will be a negative. But if I was Ryan Odom, I would have done just what he's done with mm-hmm. scheduling. It's his first year there. He needs to win games and get his program kick-started. But I think that VCU is a legitimate two. They had the Spiders picked as 11th. I think they'll do better than that, <laughs> maybe up to, maybe up to 7th or 8th. Mm-hmm. But we just don't have a clue. I mean, VCU's got four new st- – uh, well, at least four starters. Uh, there's something interesting, which is a, really a change. The, the, of those five starters, four of them are foreign kids. And I think they have seven foreign kids on the team, which a lot of schools are doing. You know, Davidson had a lot of luck with that. And it looked like Ryan's going to follow that format. Uh, Richmond's got four new starters. Uh, VCU beat South Carolina in a scrimmage Saturday, which is a really good sign for them because South Carolina's not the top of the SEC, but they're not a dog by any means. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they their next game will be a exhibition game, I think, Saturday night against Mars Hill, which is a Division two team from uh, Carolina, North Carolina. Has and Richmond or Virginia, Virginia Tech played any of these exhibitions that are quietly held and that kind of thing? None of none of none of the other schools in the state play exhibition games. Not this year. They have in the past. No, no, uh, uh-uh. no, scrimmage is not exhibition. Oh, all right, well, scrimmage, scrimmage. It's, yeah, it's a, scrimmage, a word, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, they, yeah. I used the wrong Virginia. word. Have, they, have there been other teams in Virginia that have played scrimmages? Oh, yeah, yeah uh, Richmond scrimmage, Florida International Saturday, uh, uh, Tech scrimmage, scrimmage Liberty, and then they'll scrimmage Richmond this Saturday. Uh, Virginia scrimmaged, I think, Connecticut last weekend, and they will scrimmage Maryland this weekend. Oh, those are good teams to play. So most t- most of the coaches prefer two scrimmages to doing an exhibition game, but mm-hmm. BCU has been doing this, I guess, for their past three or four coaches, uh, an exhibition game and a scrimmage. But it's 
to the scrimmage has to be closed. Mm-hmm. As you've noticed, I think there's been a rule change because in the past you couldn't report any. The first place the scrimmage are closed, and you couldn't report any of the results. Mm-hmm. Well, now everybody's reporting it, as we see in the paper. Uh, so I guess that's a rules change. Well, that's but, uh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. It just, uh, but the A10 is. Once you get past Dayton, it's like rolling the dice. But I do think VCU is going to be very good. Uh, Richmond's going to be middle of the pack. And uh, it's just hard to decide. Well, part of that reason, John, is is also uh, the transfer portal. Uh, I would think, and it may not have affected them, but I mean, what did? I mean, how many people left VCU? How many players left VCU? You know, two or three went with Mike Rose to Penn State, and then another player went south. I don't remember his, I mean, south, he went to a school down south, further south. Um, You know, and Richmond may have left, uh, lost a couple, or if not, they've run out of their uh, eligibility. I mean, these things happen, and you've got to sort of restock, uh, regroup. What do you think? It, it's it's uh, both Richmond and VCU transfers. There are going to be a lot of transfers in both lineups. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, VCU is going to have five. Now, Zeb Jackson, who's a transfer from Mix, Michigan, transferred a year ago. But they'll have five transfers. Richmond will have at least four uh that it transferred either last year or this year and it's and it's you go like i told you when i went up to watch virginia practice uh i i didn't recognize hardly anybody other than beekman dunn and uh, mcneely uh so they're gonna start uh probably two transfers would be my guess virginia tech's mm-hmm. gonna start two or three transfers speaking of virginia tech if some of our Hokie listeners haven't read the paper this morning. Rodney Rice left Virginia Tech yesterday. Kind of, kind of unannounced. That's one of the highest ranked recruits they've gotten in the last few years. And something he's been injured a lot. He would not have started this year because the Padula and Couture are going to start in front of him. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if it was that, whether it was injuries, but. His high school coach, who was at Virginia Tech from Damatha, left, uh, accepted a job at Maryland last spring, I guess. Mm. So my guess, you'll see Rodney Rice end up at Maryland. And that name, Rodney Rice, is well-known here in Richmond because his daddy was an outstanding player at the University of Richmond. Uh, That's that's tough for Coach Mike Young to have that happen. It is. There's some... There's some rumors flying around about what took place, but I couldn't confirm any of it, so for that reason I won't repeat it. But uh, it's not good, and it's really strange leaving right now. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know what – something something's involved there out of the ordinary. Yeah, just close to tip-off for the regular season, yes. I'd say it's very strange. So that's it's a shame. Uh, that happened. Mike Young certainly was well, a good coach, number one, and uh, certainly uh, seems like a uh, 
a good man on top of that. Well, John got uh, St. Bonnie, Duquesne, St. Joe, St. Louis, Fordham, as we mentioned, number seven, with one uh, Metropolitan New York uh, writer probably throwing his vote in there. Uh, who knows? But that's drawing the type of thing. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, George Washington, George Mason, Richmond, Davidson, UMass, Rhode Island, and LaSalle. Uh, that will be jumbled up somewhat by reality. But uh, that, hey, this is what's, you know, you got preseason football polls and AP and coaches, and you have local. Local writers are involved in media day, and they do this, and it's it's always fun to have something like this, and then compare it later on uh, it, through the season and at the end of the season. Now, well, Rich was picked eleventh, but gee, they finished third, and that's happened before. That kind of thing, as we all know, and I look forward to it. Uh, just a little taste there of what's going to be going on next Wednesday here in the studio with you and Habo uh, as basketball tips off generally for most teams on uh, Monday, November sixth, and look forward to having you two guys in here for another year. And, uh, and talking college basketball. So, John, thank you for joining us this morning. Give, us, give everybody a little preview of what's going to go on uh, listening to you and then Hobbo as well. Thank you, Johnny. It'll be fun. Thank you. It will be. Thank you for doing this. All right, we'll take a pause. It's 8.32, 8.45. We will have uh, John Freeman, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. Stay with us. Jamie King, Big Al, Matt Josephs, and Bob Black. What could these four names possibly have in common? Not all too much. Are you listening? You ready? But they all talk sports, and they can be heard on these airwaves. Are you ready? Keep it locked on 1061 ESPN Richmond for the best local sports talk in town. night NBA got underway. Yes, they did. October 24th, 2023. Lakers serenaded with the old song, Who's Your Daddy? chant from Nugget Crowd after Denver dominated in the opener. The Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets won and the Lakers got beat. Ode to Vic, uh, Vince, uh, Vic Lombardi's championship parade introduction of Mike Malone way back Not way back when, but few years back. Anyway, Denver won. And that uh, that's kind of nice to see. And the NBA champs open up with a win over the Lakers. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Uh, final there, 119-107. They jumped to a 14-point lead in the Q1. Uh, it was shaved to nine at the half, and then seven into three. And then the Nuggets uh, ramped back up and outscored the Lakers 32-27 in Q4 to win 119-107, that 12-point margin. Nightcap of the doubleheader for an opening night. The Sons of Phoenix took the measure of the, uh, the Warriors of uh, San Francisco, also known as the Golden State Warriors. 108-104, your final there in San Francisco with the Chase Center. Uh, just to give you a little box score on these games before we get to a pause, we have John Freeman on at 45 past the hour, uh, and we'll keep him on for a few minutes to talk about that win in Carolina. But um, you look at the uh, box score, uh, James LeBron James had 21 points, eight rebounds, five assists. 
his shooting was fine. He had 62%. I think it is 10 for 16, 5 eighths. Yeah, that'd be 62.5. As I remember from my broker's days, when stocks used to trade in fractions and not dollars and cents. Anyway, he ended up with 29 minutes played, 21 points. Uh, yeah, Davis, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And so that's the story there. They won the game. And that's all that matters uh, that they did. They won, and they won. Uh, excuse me, the Nuggets did. The Lakers, of course, they ended up giving you a couple scores from the, their side of the ledger. And the final again, Jokic had 29. <laughs> Is this typical of him or what? Typical. 29 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. You know, in the playoffs, all watching the playoffs, in all year long, it's just seemed to be, what, and I don't follow it all year long, as you know, but it's just what he does. He puts up not triple doubles every night, but he just does it. And now watch him, you know, in the finals particularly, and just got to know how well he plays. Uh, so, uh, twelve for twenty-two from the floor, and in twenty-nine, thirteen, and eleven, he just did the job. I got a lot of support. All five stars were in double figures. That's the same with the Lakers. Anyway, I mean the guy's an MVP. Well, he won the MVP twice, and he won the MVP in the in the playoffs last year. Correct in That's the finals. Right. Yep. So, no denying this man. No, there isn't. He is a two-time MVP, like you said. He's multiple-time All NBA. He is. If he's not the best player, he's either number two or three. He <laughs> is. He is an absolute talent. He's probably the best passer in all of basketball. He's a great scorer. He can shoot. Um, he's yep. he's not a great defender, but he's capable on defense. So. He's just—he's uh, one of the better players we've seen in the last decade or so. Uh, Booker and Durant led the Suns. Now Durant didn't shoot. He just moved to Phoenix in the offseason this year, right? Uh, he went last year mid-season. Mid-season, didn't play a ton. okay. Uh, t- t- hard to keep up with the, the moving pieces of the NBA. But anyway, Booker thirty-two on thirteen for twenty. Durant had eighteen points, ten rebounds, but didn't shoot particularly well. Seven for twenty-two. That's below. 33%. He's got to do a little better than that shooting. But it's, hey, it's game one. Uh, I'm not going to pick on anybody. Curry, again, he had a bad night, too. 40%. 8 for 20 and only 4 for 14 from what he used to own. Three-point land. Uh, 27 points, 5 rebounds. Clay Thompson, 15. Chris Paul dressed up as a warrior. It's Halloween, folks. No, he plays for him now. He came out in, uh, what, 1994. 94? Is that right? No, no. 2004 is when he came. 94. He he joined the NBA in 2004 because he played for Wake Forest. Wasn't Wake Forest for one year. And then he came out. And so he's been playing a long time. This is his 20th season. 20th season. He put up 14. He didn't shoot particularly well either. Four for 15. Matter of fact, the Warriors as a team, and we'll get to a pause here, 36 for 101. That's about 35% as a team. So, oops, there it goes. All right, uh, those are your winners. I like the Suns at the Warriors and the, and the Denver uh, Broncos. Yes, right. The Nuggets won at home versus the Lakers. All right, NBA season underway. There are more games today and tonight. And then there were 30, uh, all 32 teams in the NHL played last night. 16 games on the ice. All right, let's take a pause. We'll come back. John Freeman will join us for the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. Stay with us. Is tough. Make your day a little brighter with full-length podcast of all our shows and interviews. Available at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Eight forty-six. John Freeman 
voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, kind enough to join us this morning after a big. <laughs> It's, it's a win. It's got a fair amount of national attention and certainly a lot around here. Well deserved. Oh, by the way, the Cavaliers coming in one and five with their win over Women Mary. North Carolina, a six and zip at the time, and number 10 in the country at the time is Virginia, collected their first ever win on the road versus a top 10 team. And boy, I wish I should, well, I should have gotten the cut and I didn't do it. But the, uh, the the end of the game, your great uh, your great close as the game was winding down, ending, and they have burned everything Carolina built right down to the ashes. <laughs> you can see that on T-shirts, I believe, around the campus of the University of Virginia. John Freeman, thank you for joining us. What's happening now? I have no idea where those words came from. They just flowed out of my mouth. And uh, I got a text right after the game from uh, NC State fan that's a, a friend of mine and he says i can't believe you just said that which is about the scariest thing you can ever receive while you're still on the air and didn't remember what you said <laughs> but uh yeah. hopefully it, it went over well and i think one of the funniest things about uh the end of the game and if you listen to our radio broadcast james jackson makes that interception and you hear just unrestricted screaming from probably three guys and they're just screaming at the top of their lungs and uh, yelling and whistling and all this stuff. That was the Virginia coaches. They uh, <laughs> they had the coordinators booth right next to our radio booth, uh, and we could just feel them pounding on things and screaming uh, through our headsets. And uh, it was a nice feeling on that Virginia side of the press box <laughs> and, and right next to the coordinators booth. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could. That had to be uh, a true moment for for, for Virginia uh, last year, going three and seven. The tragedy that occurred on the campus November 13th, and uh, of course uh, the one player that survived, Hollins. Uh, what a great game he had! 15 carries, not just the 66 yards, but the three touchdowns that he punched in. I mean, what just what a great game for him! A great emotional uh, time, I'm sure, for him. Uh, to get that win down Chapel Hill, and uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're approaching the one-year anniversary, as you know, coming on up in two weeks, uh, November Monday, November thirteenth will be the anniversary. It'll be a very sad day around campus, but what a great win to, to, to have to go through what Virginia went through and canceling the rest of the season and starting slow, but being close in three games. Uh, you know, the Madison, NC State, and BC games. I mean, they were there, and uh, they certainly have been improving and then it uh, built to this crescendo and hopefully it's a start and not uh, a one-time trip down the highway you got b who's uh, miami coming up this week and anyway we'll get to that that's not what's relevant right now is the, is the win tell us was there any kind of feeling that the team might be that kind of focused and, and and might be able to do something not you know before the game maybe but even when it got to be 14 to 7 after one quarter it's funny because no college football team, players, coaches will ever, you know, go into a game and say anything other than, you know, we believe <laughs> and, and we're going to do it. And uh, you know, everybody in this locker room, you know, thinks we can. And uh, we, we said all those things and certainly uh, it's very clear that their belief was founded and right uh, because they went and did it. But uh, I'll be honest, this really did come out of, of nowhere. Um, and this is a one in five team for Virginia that was, as you said, what was it, 25 point underdogs. Yeah. And when you look at 
at just that spread and what Virginia was able to do in pulling the upset. I saw a stat. The biggest upset in ACC football since 1998, <laughs> which is 25 years. Yeah. Think about how many games that entails. So for the Who's to do it against those odds, uh, they certainly believe they could and they said they could. Um, and now uh, you know, we certainly know that, that they were right. And it's the same narrative going into this Miami game. You know, you think, oh, Virginia just pulled the upset against Carolina, and Carolina's got a Heisman Trophy quarterback and uh, potential playoff chances uh, that we burned down. And uh, you'd think they'd be a little nicer to us with the odds makers, but I, I saw our 18-point dog in Fort Lauderdale. So I guess uh, we got Miami right where we want. There you go, exactly. And you took May's uh, name. You, you stripped it right off the wall as far as Heisman candidates. Uh, y'all took him uh, behind the barn and said, you're not going to win a Heisman, and we're going to take it from you right here tonight. And, uh, I mean, his numbers, was, he passing yards were great, but he threw the ball 48 times, but only completed 50%. Musket had a very good game, 20 for 32 08, a pick and a TD. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, we're talking with John Freeman, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, Calandria, had he played in three games prior to this past game? He has played in four. And that's your max, uh, so right? He- that's your max. So if uh, he plays another snap, whether I mean he could fair catch a punt and that would burn his red shirt. Yes. Um, so he can't play another snap, or his red shirt is gone. And uh, hopefully we'll we we won't need him because mm-hmm. that means Tony Musket is healthy. But if there's anybody that's ready and standing by, it is is the true freshman gunslinger. That was my uh, that was my question. Was that uh, you get four games to play without without using up or bur- burning? Is the same goes your red shirt. So he still has that. And like you said, if he catches makes a fair catch on a punt, that's a great way to look at. It. With uh, f- with uh, what Georgia Tech, Louisville, Duke, and Virginia Tech remaining. Oh, Miami first. Excuse me. Uh, so there are five games left, and you hope he's not needed. And the way Muskets playing since he came back from injury, yeah, you don't want to change that, and you certainly don't want to use it up. So Virginia's playing well. What I like is uh, looking at some of the numbers and the you know, old stats are for losers. But I like the way uh, Tony Elliott, you know, came in last year and he was he's trying to run, run, run the ball, but he had this great passing offense. But he focused on the run. It, it paid off last last week. Uh, Two hundred twenty-eight yards on the ground to 143 for Carolina. You're controlling the run, you're controlling the clock, you're controlling the game, and 228 on the ground was outstanding for Virginia. And it's over 200 yards in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. And this is a team where we, we have uh, a sponsor called the Good Feet Store. And the Good Feet Store, through two seasons, has sponsored our Good Feet Store rushing leader of the game. And there's been some times where we get in the post-game show and we're like, well, you know, what do we got here? We got, you know, Paris Jones, 10 carries for eight yards yeah. you know, at some point last season. Uh, I think Miami, we had like 12 total yards rushing last year. Uh, yeah. it, it, it hasn't been hard finding a, a rushing leader this year because uh, they've been able to, to turn things around on the ground. And um, that then allows Virginia to do so much more on offense and uh, the games where they haven't been able to run the football, uh, they've all been losses uh, throughout the last two years. And uh, when you're looking at a second and 10 every single drive or a second and 12 because you're losing yards on the ground, um, that's a whole lot different than, than what we have right now, which is a second and six, a second and five. And the whole playbook 
being open. And uh, Des Kitchings was named the the offensive coordinator of the week by mm. several publications. Uh, he's our offensive coordinator here at Virginia. And um, yeah, it's it's when you're an offensive coordinator, you look a lot better when you got second <laughs> and five. Yeah, <laughs> no you doubt. got a way more options because teams had us pin back. You don't get something on first down, and, and you're limited with what you can do on second and third. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm very familiar with Good Feet, and Jonathan Cotton is a huge supporter of Virginia, as you know. Uh, Jonathan Cotton is of the Good Feet store. Uh, of course, he opened his first store here in Richmond and has uh, moved it to a, a better location even, and all the stores he's opened up around uh, the, the area of Virginia, Maryland, and North Carolina. And uh, he just uh, – that's great that he's sponsoring the running. He's got to be happy now with Jones and Hollins and Musket. Uh, between the three of them, they had a buck ninety nine against Carolina. Always good to see Carolina fall to Virginia in any sport. I don't care if they're playing checkers on, in, uh, in the park somewhere on a bench. It doesn't matter. Get the win or a cockroach race. Virginia beating Carolina is always worth a day off somewhere. So that's a good thing. But, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the good feet store because Jonathan Cotton is a great man a very good man, family man, and has a, uh, a a thriving business. So I'm happy about that. So anyway, well, listen, we I appreciate your time on short notice. I mean, we usually been doing this sort of every other week, but after what happened and your great quote, and I'm sure you didn't say it like I did when I just kind of said it when we opened up. I'm sure you were your your enthusiasm and your volume were greater in, uh, when you said, and I'm not going to try and duplicate you at all, but and they burned everything Carolina built right down to the ashes. What a great statement on your part, John. I appreciate that, but uh, my favorite thing I said that day was Virginia win. We <laughs> 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 haven't been able to say that too much, and hopefully we'll, we'll say it here in the future. So, oh, good. I love doing this, and moments like that make it so worth it. Well, get a win down in Miami and back it up and prove it, and that would be fun to knock off Miami. Maybe uh, they'll have a lead late in the game, and then they'll take a, they won't take a knee, and Virginia can turn <laughs> it into a fumble. So there you go. That would be fun to watch. And it's a 3.30 kickoff, I believe, down in Miami, right? It is. All right. Well, good. Well, thank you very much for your time. Have great uh, safe travels and uh, get a win down there, Hoss. Thank you. I got to go head South Beach. I'll let you know how it is. (laughs) Take pictures and send them. Nobody wants that out. <laughs> not, <laughs> There's not, a reason I'm on radio. No, 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 no. I don't want pictures of you. I'm talking about the scenery. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. Take care, John. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, goes John Freeman, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. I will take a pause here coming up momentarily, and we will open the gate and uh, pluck out of the green room the one and only Johnny Marcon. He'll... He'll join us at, at uh, a little minute or two after nine, and we'll be talking all kinds of sports, a little bit of everything. And when John's here, now listen, feel free to give him a call. Don't be, uh, don't be shy. You know, Johnny will take calls. I mean, he's been he wrote for the paper for 45, 50 years, <laughs> not quite that long. Uh, but uh, he was an assistant sports editor, and of course, a columnist and a reporter in reverse order for the Richmond Times-Dispatch back in the day. All right, our number's always 327-0888. So feel free to give a call and talk to Johnny Marcon. And, of course, uh, we will be here for another hour. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN. Robert the Bruce on the other side of the glass. Keep him busy by giving that uh, phone number a ring, 327-0888. And we're here until 10. 
And uh, tomorrow we'll be on the road. We'll tell you more about that later right here on 1061 ESPN. Don't touch that dial. Feel free to ring us up and talk sports. Stay with us, won't you? Something about Dallas and K.